But I think it also goes beyond that. I want you to think back of the verse. First John, we, we uh, quoted that in our responsive reading. Let me read it to us. First John 3, verses 1 through 3. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And then goes verse 2. Dear friends, now, right now, we are the children of God. And what we will be, he means what we will be after the death and judgment and Christ comes back and we are renewed. He says we don't understand. You look at that, uh, that oak tree right there. Have you ever held an acorn in your hand? We realize if, by now, right, that that oak tree is part of what's in that acorn. And if you're a bunch of acorns walking around and they could talk to each other, can you imagine they're being blown away by understanding what they would be in the new life that they have? In the same Paul or John is saying, we don't yet see that. It's going to be different than we can understand. We, we're not going to get yet what our resurrection body and life will be like. But he says, but there's one thing that we know. One thing that we know, and that's all we need to know. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. And then he adds, all who have this hope in him purify themselves even as he is pure. We'll come back to that thought. That's a promise. God is, God the Father, in his essence, is not going to be visible to our eyes. We will see him with the eyes of our heart. But our physical eyes, we will see Jesus because Jesus has taken on our humanity. He has entered into this physical universe with us. That is a wondrous thought. There will be a day. There will be a day more wondrous than a wedding day where you and I will stand face to face with the one who made us the one who made all things, the one who is Lord of heaven and earth, the only one whose opinion will count, the one who saved us. There'll be a day when you see him. You will see him physically, face to face. 1 Corinthians 13. He's talking about how certain spiritual gifts are only for this time before the second coming. He says, we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the completeness or the perfection comes, what is in part disappears. It doesn't have any purpose anymore. And then he explains, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me. I remember, uh, I remember once... We were doing a Bible study in a church. It's not, not this church, a different one. It was called uh, Put in Childish Things Behind Me. It's a great title for a book. And uh, some of us joked we were going to have another book study after that for the men called Getting Out of the Closet, those things our wife put behind us. <laughs> but this is the ideal, right? That when we become an adult, when we become a man or a woman, the ways of childhood we put behind us not because they were bad, but because we don't need them anymore. We've grown out of them. It says, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see 
face to face. Stop here for a second. You see my face right now. One day, you will see Jesus Christ face to face. That is a wondrous thought. He goes on, Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. He says, now, for right now, all we do is we, we see a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. You know, in the ancient world, they didn't have mirrors like this. Um, I was trying to do this earlier, trying to get some more. Anyway, I won't do that now. In the ancient world, they didn't have mirrors like this. The best they had was a mirror like this. It was a, a piece of brass or bronze that would be highly polished, and it would give you some reflection. But if you ever want to come up here and hold this, you're going to see that it's not much. Uh, you can make out a little bit of an outline of, of who you are, but compared to it's, it's night and day. This you can see, you know, everything you need to see. Paul is saying right now, we do see God in a way. We do know God in a way, but it's like this. Now, this is a word of comfort to us. You know why? Because so often the Christian life, to be honest, is not that fulfilling right now. To be honest, we don't get that much intimacy with God. We don't sense his presence all the time, not like we should. We wonder, is there something wrong with us? Why, why aren't we more excited about things? Why can't we know and see God and be close to God more fully? And the reason why is this. Because not yet. We are not yet at a place where we can handle it. We are not yet at a place where we have been changed. We're not yet at the time where God decides to renew all things. But there will be a day when we will see him face to face. Right now, we have to settle for this. I want that to be a word of comfort to you. I want that to be a word of comfort because there are going to be times in the Christian life you don't feel that excited about God. You're not enthralled with God. You wonder what's wrong. Why isn't this working? And the answer is it's, it's, there's nothing wrong that Jesus himself won't fix. It's part of living in this time period. Now we see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now, that is a wondrous thought. That is the promise of God. That those who are pure in heart will see God. They will see the one who is the source of every good thing, every desire of their hearts. But maybe you notice, if you know the scripture too much, a problem. And that problem is this. We're not clean in our hearts. <laughs> We're not pure in heart. None of us are. It says in Isaiah 64, 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteousness are like filthy rags. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Romans 3, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. How then can we become pure in heart? Here's how. We ask God to cleanse us. These are describing our need for God's salvation and cleansing. And we've seen over and over again how he does it just, just exactly that. He brings the water of his healing and, 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 uh, and the water of his cleansing. It says in 1 Peter we've been cleansed 
by the water of the word. We've been cleansed from our life of impurity and, and, and we are able to have a clean heart. So the first way that we have a clean heart is simply by, ask, by asking for it. If you have not become one of those who has looked at God and said, I am not good enough on my own. I need you to save me and change me. Then that's where you have to start, right? That is your salvation experience right there. Saying to God, create in me this clean heart. Change me, save me, forgive me for my sin, and change me so that you are pleased with who I am inwardly. That's where we got to start. But as I talked about at the beginning of the service, we don't just need God's grace at the beginning of our Christian walk. We need it all the way through. And so we daily say with Jesus, Father, or as he taught us to say anyway, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We come to him asking him to cleanse us. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And, and, and Peter's like, no, no, you're not, not going to wash my feet. And Jesus, he begins to make this spiritual like he always does, right? He takes very physical things, makes it spiritual. He says, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part in me. Peter says, all right, well, wash my head and my hands and, and, and you know, that too then. And Jesus says, you've been clean. You don't need me to wash your whole body, just your feet. The idea being that as they walked upon that dust, those dusty roads, it was their feet that needed cleansing. As we walk along this polluted earth, we've already been cleansed, but we need God to clean us again and again. That's by the act of confession. So he said, God created me this clean heart. And part of that confession is saying, I, I, help me to change from doing those things. But one of the ways, the first way that we have or would we become those who have a clean heart, a pure heart, is asking God. It is more a gift received than an achievement earned. And then I'm going to suggest one other way from the Scriptures that I see for us to become pure in heart. And that is to focus on the promise of that wedding day to come. Do you remember what John said, 1 John 3? We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all of us who have this hope in him purify themselves as he is pure. Think about that. He is saying that the very act of putting our hope in that coming of Jesus Christ has a purifying effect upon us. It makes us pure like he is pure. And, and we can get that a little bit, right, through human analogies. Going back to the idea of, of being, you know, of, of coming to the altar. When Amy and I got engaged, it was a few years ago, um, quite a few years ago now. Uh, don't ask me how many years ago now. But I remember during that time when I, we got engaged, it changed what I did. It changed what I was doing because I was looking forward to that day. What, what did I do? Well, obviously the first thing, um, you know, I, I didn't date other girls around campus at that time. So if I previously, a year before then, if I saw a nice girl and looked like, you know, she was cool and it would be neat to hang out together, we'd just, hey, you want to go grab something to, to drink at the coffee shop or, you know, you want to you go to church together. That's how you do it in Christian college. Uh, hey, you want to sit by me in chapel? Um, 
and, and you know what? I didn't do that anymore after I got engaged. Well, actually, after we started dating consistently. Why? Because there was something I was looking forward to that was totally incompatible with that. And, and I, I, it changed how I spent money. I wanted to save it. It, spent, it changed how much I worked. Because I began working more and began evaluating all my life choices on that day to come. And it was worth it. And that's what he means here. When you have something of this magnitude ahead of you, it changes what you do. Another analogy. Think of the Olympic athletes. Many of them train 10, 20, even more years to compete for one day especially when they are at the Olympics and their day comes. And for many of them, it's only a single day. For some of them, it's, it's a race or an event that lasts an hour or a half an hour or sometimes even just a few minutes. And they put all that time and sacrifice. They, they change their eating habits and their sleeping habits and their social life for that one day when they will be able to compete and do what they have placed their heart upon. So that, that's the idea. He says, if we really get this, if we put our hearts upon that day when we will see Jesus Christ, when we will lock eyes with him, when we will see him face to face, it will purify us. It will purify us because we will understand everything in perspective then. So that's my challenge to us. The most incredible promise that we will see God, if we are in Jesus Christ, will be realized. And it can have a purifying effect right now. In fact, we can see God through the eyes of our heart more fully even now as we contemplate what Jesus is, what he's done, and that wedding day to come and let that change us. We're going to sing about that right now. Kevin's going to come and lead us in a song called Soon. We've, we've done it here, not too often. But it just talks about that wedding day to come, that time when we will see him face to face. Before we sing that, can I just ask you to close your eyes with me? Father, would you help us right now through the eyes of our heart, through your spirit, to see in some way that wedding day to come, to place it before us, to know what we can do this week, to have that in our mind more often. Thank you. That in spite of our sins, in spite of our weakness, your heart is stronger, and you have that desire to see us, to know us. We're the time when we will be fully known and fully know. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We offer this song, the song of worship and praise and thanks. Amen. Please stand.